folks. How's everybody doing? It is such an honor to be with you here this morning. Thank you for, for having me. Can you see me? Somebody on the camera? Um, so there's a couple of victories that have been happening since, since last week's Sunday. If you were here with us last week, Matt mentioned early on in his sermon that Barry would be speaking this week, and Satan started going at it right in the, in the seats over there. Nobody's going to show Barry. <laughs> Nobody's going to be here. And uh, I promptly responded to him, nobody listens to Matt. <laughs> they didn't hear that one. It was so subtle. Then he doubled down on it later and said, Barry will be preaching next week. And I was like, oh gosh, okay, we'll see what happens. So the fact that we have a, a full house here this morning to me is a, is a victory this morning. And then um, those of you that heard me preach before, my sermons are fairly short. So I put together this video that was going to consume a large part of my sermon. I get you. And the projector is on the floor just about. And I'm like... That's not going to work. <laughs> Matt, can we move next door? Barry, it'll take 40 minutes. Like, I've got to figure this out. But Jesus was here. Something magical happened in the fingers, and we pushed buttons and stuff. And, and here we are. So victory, victory. Um, but if you haven't been with us over the past couple of weeks, I just want to kind of recap where we've been so far pretty much this year. Um, and where we are going today, obviously. Uh, so to recap, about three weeks ago, at the beginning of the year, Matt's taken us on an incredible journey of knowing God. God, And, um, and he spoke to us about the Apostle Peter getting to know God over time, slowly. But when Jesus approached the Apostle Peter and said, come follow me, be my disciple, and I'll make you fishers of men, he immediately dropped those nets. And this week it actually became evident to me, I don't know how many fishermen are in the yeah, this morning, you live in Arizona, so probably not many. Um, but fishing with a net is actually probably the most wasteful way to fish. You catch everything, not what you're targeting. You cannot select what species you're going after with a net. You literally catch everything. So dolphins, shrimp, mai mai, if you're going for something, something in the ocean, you get everything, and the amount of by-waste through fishing with nets is actually quite staggering. Um, so just a piece there. Maybe Jesus was saying, stop the nets and focus on the men and go for the men. Um, so that was week one. Week two, uh, Matt took us on a journey through knowing ourselves and our true identity and how we really get to know ourselves is by listening to Jesus and listening to the truth that he tells us about ourselves through our baptism and our identity in Christ, in the body of Christ. And that's truly who we are and we are beloved children of God in this chaotic, chaotic world. Week three, last week, if you were here, went through our vocation and our calling, and that was kind of pretty much what Jesus' calling was, right? To share the message, to go to the ends of the earth and, and be a part of community and bring people in, especially in a year where we're going to an election. This is going to be a testing time for loving on, on those around us. Um, so this week, as we get, get going today, we want to reflect on the power and the importance of community in our Christian walks. In a world where individualism and self-sufficiency are so highly valued, we often forget the significance of living in community and fulfilling that biblical command to love one another. But as we delve into the scriptures this morning, and as we uncover the depths of this message 
I pray that our hearts would be open to the beauty and to the power in the community with one another. So let's watch this short video. Ephesians 5.21, submit to one another. 1 Peter 4, verse 9, offer hospitality to one another. Ephesians 4, verse 2, be patient, bearing with one another. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11, encourage one another. 5, verse 16, pray for one another. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 13, live at peace with one another. Romans 12, verse 5, we are members of one another. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 15, do what is good for one another. Ephesians 4, verse 2, be passionate, bearing with one another in love. Galatians 5, verse 13, serve one another humbly in love. Galatians 6, verse 2, Carry one another's burdens. Colossians 3 verse 13, bear with one another. Hebrews 10 verse 26, spur one another onto love and good deeds. 1 Peter 5 verse 5, clothe yourself with humility toward one another. Romans 12 verse 10, be devoted to one another. 1 Peter 1 verse 22, love one another deeply from the heart. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11, build up one another. Romans 15 verse 17, accept one another. Romans 12 verse 10, honor one another above yourself. Ephesians 4, verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another. Romans 12, verse 16, live in harmony with one another. Romans 16, verse 16, greet one another. Ephesians 4, verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another. Oh, did you start? Ephesians 4, verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another. Romans 15, verse 14. Instruct one another. James 5, verse 16. Confess your sins to one another. As the golden sun dips below the horizon, casting a warm glow over the ancient Palestine village, stone houses with flat roofs, clustered together, surrounded by olive groves and terraced fields. Villages clothed in simple garments traverse the narrow, windy streets paved with worn cobblestones. The air is filled with the fragrant aroma of freshly baked breads, the distant murmur of voices engaged in animated conversations. In the central courtyard, families gather for the evening meal. The patriarch, weathered by time, sits at the head of the wooden table overseeing the feast. Generations intermingle as children play at their grandparents' feet, absorbing tales 
of ancestors and ancient traditions. The flickering light of oil lamps illuminates the faces adorned with expressions of gratitude and resilience. But on this day, an outsider arrives in the village. He was a man covered in dirt and bruises and bleeding. His clothes were tattered and torn. He stumbles into the village, barely able to stand. The villagers who were accustomed to caring for one another immediately rush to his aid. They clean and dress his wounds. They gave him food and water and found him a place to rest. As the days went by, the villagers continued to care for the stranger, and soon he was able to share his story. You see, he had been beaten. He had been robbed. He was left for dead while traveling on the roads nearby. He lost all of his possessions. But the villagers had shown him compassion and love. And in their community, the stranger found healing and he found restoration. This story seems all too familiar as it parallels the parable of the Good Samaritan found in Luke 10. And in this parable, Jesus teaches us the true meaning of loving one another through the actions of the Samaritan who cared for a wounded and rejected stranger. But this command to love one another is not limited to, to just strangers. John 13, verses 34 and 35, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Let me read that again. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. He went to the cross and died. He gave his life for us. And this is the call that he's asking us to love each other with that sacrificial love. You also are to love one another. By this will all people, non-Christians, those outside of the body of Christ, may know that you are my disciples by the way that you love one another. So as we journey through life, we often tend to focus on our own individual plans and our own individual struggles. But what if I told you a shared journey with others is, is not only it's important, but it is essential to our spiritual growth and our well-being. In today's message, I want to explore this concept of one another and how living in community and sharing our journeys can not only bring us closer together, but also bring us closer to God. As believers, we are called to love one another, to bear one another's burdens, to encourage one another. In our faith, these one another commands, as we saw in the video, are throughout the Bible, and they remind us of the importance of living in community with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Galatians 6 verse 2 we are instructed to bear one another's burdens and so to fulfill the law of Christ. As followers in Christ, we are called to come alongside our brothers and sisters in their struggles and provide support and comfort. This not only lightens the load for them, but it also strengthens our bond as a community here at Rhythm Community Church. 
As Christians, our love for one another is not merely a social duty or an obligation. It is a reflection of the love of Jesus Christ in our lives. When we love one another, we are displaying that selfless, sacrificial love that Jesus had for us on the cross. It is through this love that the world will recognize us as followers of His and be, and be drawn to the love and the community found within Him. But this love goes far beyond words and feelings. 1 John 3 verse 18 reminds us, Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. Our love for one another should be demonstrated through our actions. Just as the villagers in our story this morning, they cared for the wounded stranger, stranger this, is our, this is the true power of a community as it enables us to love one another in tangible and impactful ways. But how do we do this practically? How do we apply these one another commands in our lives today? Firstly, I believe that, that we need to make an effort to prioritize relationships and community over individualism. This means intentionally making time for fellowship, both in and outside of the church. That's grabbing a coffee or a dinner with somebody close to you, whether it's in the workspace or somebody from this community. We also, have, we also should show love and support through simple acts of kindness and service, such as bringing a meal to someone who is, is going through a tough time or offering a listening ear without judgment. As one body in Christ, we are in Christ. The body of Christ, when we were baptized into, into this body, is not an individual relationship with Christ. It is a community that you're in. And I encourage you to have a big vision of being in the body of Christ. We must remember that we are all on this journey together. We all have our different struggles. But when we come together and share our journey, we can find strength. We can find encouragement. And we can find accountability by being vulnerable, by being transparent with one another. We can build strong and authentic relationships that deepen our faith and glorify God. In a world where individualism and self-sufficiency are so highly praised, it can be easy for us to neglect this and the importance of fellowship and sharing our journeys with one another. But as we've seen in God's Word, I believe that this is a crucial aspect of our faith so let us remember to love one another, to bear with one another's burdens, and to share in our journeys together. And in doing so, we're going to do something a little bit different. If this morning when we got you, you would have had one of these on your seat, hopefully. Has everybody got one? Anybody need one? So those were on your seat. And... Uh, I'd encourage you to, to go through. There's got three verses in there, which are one another verses. And, um, and this will be a way for us to, to understand. Matt and I will be the only ones I, I, that will be taking a look at these. So if you feel comfortable writing down some responses. At the end of the line, there is a, a plus sign, which is supposed to be a cross. So forgive me for my 
Um, computer skills, they're not so great. But if you don't feel comfortable writing something down or you don't want to use the back or something like that, but you would like somebody to, to talk to, communicate with, just circle the plus cross sign at the end, slip it in the box, give us your contact information, the email or phone, whichever you feel is the way you would like to communicate. And Matt and I will be going through these. But as I said in the message, being vulnerable and transparent with each other is going to build authentic relationships. So standing here this morning, I feel it is important that I am transparent and I am vulnerable with each one of you here. So one, serve one another humbly in love. Galatians 5.13. The question is, how can rhythm serve you? How can rhythm serve me? I'm a father of five. If rhythm had like a daycare thing for like date days or something, that would be super cool. Um, to highlight that, whatever you write on you may not come true. But I'd really appreciate it if everybody wrote that. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, spur one another on to love and good deeds. Hebrews 10 verses 26. How can we at Rhythm Community encourage you and support you in the place that God has you? For me, this is quite an easy one. And Rhythm Community, each and every one of you that are here today, you are doing this for me by by listening, by giving me grace, by giving me constructive criticism. As I go on this journey, Matt has brought me under his wing through seminary and so on. Um, as my call to calling to ministry, I don't know what it looks like, but I thank you for supporting me and for spurring me on and encouraging me. Dylan, for your prayer this morning over me, dude, like it's, that's what community is. It's walking this together. Um, so thank you. So how can we help you? with your felt needs and, and what, you, what you're going through. And then thirdly, confess your sins to one another. James 5, 16. What weighs you down that we at Rhythm can walk alongside you to find freedom? Well, I'm perfect, so <laughs> nothing there. <laughs> Kidding. So it's a bit of show and tell this morning. Don't be alarmed. So I have this. It has a protector on the end. You'd be surprised at Amazon how sharp this thing actually comes. So this is not necessarily easy for me, but um, as I shared, Matt and I in seminary together, and come May, we should hopefully graduate, or at least hopefully I'll graduate, I know Matt will, uh, with a theology degree, a master's in theology. This is Matt's third, third time. A lot, a lot of people, and probably most people besides my wife know this is actually my second time. The first time didn't last much longer than a couple of months. Not because of the academics necessarily. I was in my mid-twenties and I, I signed up for the South African Theological Seminary. I went and I felt horrible. I felt unworthy. I felt dark. I felt, why is God calling me to something like this when I am just not worthy of it. You see, when I was a teenager, I'd stumbled on a, a pile of dirty magazines, and the images consumed me. And what was started as temptation became an addiction. 
And the growth of the internet from dial-up modems, is now a horror sound to me, to broadband, to satellite internet, to all that kind of stuff, it became increasingly worse. And I told myself, I'll get into seminary and the temptations will be gone. They weren't gone. I came back, and then I told myself, when I meet my wife, I'll be done with this. I met my wife, and I wasn't. Then I told myself, if, if, when we get married, I'll, I'll be done with it. I'm, I'm done with it, Jesus, like it's gone. <laughs> kept coming back. Kept coming back to haunt me. And I kept making these goals for myself. When, when we have children, I'll be done with it. And it didn't happen. And I hid this to myself. In times, I... I, I wished, and if you struggle with this sin, I, I don't, I'm not trying to minimize that by any means, but sometimes I wished I had a problem with alcohol or something that people could see because what I had was shameful and I was hiding it. And nobody knew what I was going through, not even my wife at that point. And one day, I thought I was a computer genius, as you can see from my cross plus, I'm not obviously a computer genius, but I slipped up. And my wife found out. And I absolutely destroyed her. And to me, I couldn't understand. Because I thought this was a sin against myself. And when I went down that path, I was holding the sword towards myself. And I was only hurting me. I had nothing to do with her or anybody else. It was hurting me. But the realization that I wrecked her to her core, I wasn't pointing the sword at myself. I was pointing it at my wife. I was pointing at my children. They were the ones that would suffer for this. And it was through community. My wife obviously pushing me because I told her, that's my problem, I'll figure it out. Well, I can figure it out. I've been doing it since I was 13. Um, pushing me to, to speak to the pastors of the church, getting involved with men that are struggling with it too. Finding accountability, being vulnerable, being open, to the point that I can stand here and share it today, and I'm not ashamed, because I'm, I'm not alone. Satan tells me I am. Satan tells me I'm the only one that has a problem with it, but it's the biggest industry in the world. <laughs> but I'm the only one that does it. So, it was through community, it was through a band of brothers, it was through walking together that I realized that I was turning this sword towards my family. And it's through communion that we're going to get into in a minute that I realize that it's not my blood on this sword, but the sword to me also resembles a cross. And it's his blood that is on that cross, not mine. He paid it all. He sacrificed it all. He gave his life for my sins that brings death. And I don't deserve it. So when we go to communion, I carry the weight of my sins, and when I leave that table, I leave light. I leave like the chains, the burdens are gone because of what he did for me on that cross. So I could ask the music people, ding, 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 <laughs> to come back up. And if you could spend a few moments filling that out, I'd love to connect with you. We would love to find you the resources and the help and the community and the brotherhood to walk alongside. And as we usher into communion, when you feel ready, the bread, that depending on your upbringing, is the body of Christ, symbolizes the body of Christ. The blood that is His blood or symbolizes the blood of Christ.
that was broken and it was shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins is there. Know that the power of the Holy Spirit is at work no matter what your upbringing is around communion. And if you're a baptized believer in the body of Christ, you're welcome to the Lord's table to put all your sins aside, to lay them at the foot of the cross, and to walk out here clean, white as snow. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Life and Rhythm podcast. If you'd like to know more about Rhythm Community Church, you can go online at rhythm.community. Peace.